Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bagman Boardcast, episode number 282. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 11th, 2015. And then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's a John baby, and we're going to be taking a bigger look back at the new Batman and Robin Eternal series that started coming out in October. That's why we didn't talk about it during the uh, monthly look back, because it's going to be a little bit broader of a subject. So many uh, issues, so little time. Just like uh, so many beers that were given to us, right guys? Yeah. Super friend of the show, now status, uh, Jonathan Winchester, uh, supplied us with a some awesome beer. Uh, well, we don't know if it's awesome. He's saying it's awesome. We're going to taste it and judge for ourselves. He was just sending us a flavor of um, some different Texas beers to us. So uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, oh, yeah. We are beer snobs, so we will scrutinize them, Jonathan. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. We love every sip that you sent it to us, but we might not love every sip of the beer. Mm-hmm. That's just how we roll. Uh, this is coming from Granbury, Texas. Uh, the good old seven six zero four nine. Ooh, zip code. Uh, this is. <laughs> Paul, did you ever, did you ever go there when you were born? Uh, no, no, I don't okay. believe so. I, I think uh, Paul I, was I, Paul was born in Texas. I was Houston, good old Houston. Uh, Revolver Brewing, and this is Blood and Honey American Ale. And uh, this is an ale with blood, orange peel, honey, and spices. Uh, it's an unfiltered wheat, and you definitely get that unfiltered wheat taste come through. Yeah, you get that nose, you get too. That, you get a nice bit of that orange peel on the back, though, too. Like, it's got that kind of – I'm trying to think of the Elysian beer that was like this, the Space Dust. No, Space Dust was more IPA. Yeah, I think Space Dust is the IPA from Elysian. Well, yeah, Space Dust was the IPA, but it was uh, also brewed with, like, a blood orange. Feel that gave you like there was a there was a blunt orange oh, no, beer You're right. from Elysian. My bad. Yeah, super fuzz. That's it. Yeah. Okay, I get a lot of beer. I don't get the um, the orange, but I get the honey. Like I get a little it's, bit of that honey on the back. It's more. It's not like a citrus burst. It's more of like that orange rind. It's like the zest of yeah. it. Mm. I can I can I can see that. I'm not getting much of anything, but I have been sniffing a lot today. Yeah, it's uh, cold. That, it's, that might be it. It makes me a little phlegmy. It's a cold, yeah. cold fall day here in Buffalo. It's, uh, snow it like is like today, so I don't even know what you're talking about. Snow, like you can, you go outside, you can just smell that it's coming. Mm-hmm. That's fun. 45 degrees. It was great. Wore a hoodie all day. It's been, it's been enjoyable. <laughs> it's so muggy down there, Chris. <laughs> it, it really is. Like today was really bad too. I'm sorry. But to the beer, uh, I think this is something that would be great to drink out on the porch or a patio or by the pool um, on a hot, muggy day. Yesterday, I did some work for uh, Parks and Rec over at parksandrec.com, and I sat out on the porch because I was like, oh, you know what? I have my morning free. I'm going to do some writing. Like I'll catch back up on some news and articles. I was out there for like 10 minutes, and I was dripping sweat, and I was like, it's too hot. I can't do this. Um, But I think this would have helped out with that. It's Nice, it's light. It's it's a solid beer. I I appreciate this a lot. Yeah, uh, I think it 
needs to be just a tad bit cooler. And that's yeah, I, just I mean that mine out of the fridge, so that could be it. Yeah. And that's I mean that's our fault for I chilled them down, um, but they were in a car ride over here and they've been sitting out while we were doing all our pre-show stuff. So I think it's lost a little of that coldness, and I think a little colder there'd probably be a bigger pop. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but you know what's popping right now? This week's news, which is all movie trailers. Yeah. Hey. First all. looks in movie yeah, trailers, and uh, well, some other you know news out of BlizzCon because BlizzCon's happening this week, and you know, yesterday was N7 Day, so it's it's been a great okay. video game week. So I might I might segue you from where you want to go with that, but have they announced anything for Hearthstone at BlizzCon? Because I haven't really paid attention to it. Before. Uh, I didn't see anything for Hearthstone particularly, but they just had grand. You know the grand tournament open up. Uh, I was mostly looking for Overwatch news because I'm Which like there was some. Yes, uh, we're expecting it, they are now expecting it to be released in the spring of 2016, and it's going to come to your Xbox Ones, your PlayStation's Four, and also PCs. So uh, if you were, you know, on the fence because I know we talked about it before these new consoles came out, uh, that we would probably just wait until. You know, that tipping point of cool games have come out for the new consoles. I think this might tip it for me. Um, if this I was is something that people were talking about, too, wondering if the game was going to be free to play, but then you had to buy your different champions or the like the heroes of it, almost like of something like League of Legends or... Um, into, uh, what, uh, what's the name of... Uh, that is the um, Heroes the of the Blizzard Storm. One. Heroes Hots. of the Storm, thank you. I never played it, so I couldn't mm-hmm. remember what it was called. The, um, the MOBA. It's like this will have a buy-in cost of $40. Ooh, I uh, see that which, GameStop's taking uh, pre-sales, pre-orders of it for $60 for PC, for uh, play, PlayStation 4, and also Xbox. Um, the console editions do have extra stuff in it, like more skins and items for your characters. So that could be why it's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But, I mean, that's still your typical cost for any game that would come out. So, I mean, it's not outlandish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they they re- uh, released some stuff about the new World of Warcraft expansion, Legion. Uh, I think they put a trailer out for that. I-, I was trying to see, like, I was hoping for some Diablo news. Like, I wasn't saying, trying to see if they did because I haven't actively looked. But I want some cool, like, Diablo 3 expansion or, like, Diablo 4... Well, you, Hearthstone. we've only had the one uh, Diablo 3 expansion, and you could always, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with another one. But uh, I think could, this um, BlizzCon news is all about the new uh, expansion for World of Warcraft. Or, yeah, yeah, World of Warcraft and also Overwatch. Those were the two things that I was kind of looking at. Um, well, even just like when you... And also, playing. of course, the BlizzCon cosplay photos because they're crazy. <laughs> Dude, people that do those costumes are insanely good. Yeah. They, they're... Um, it's, and also the Warcraft movie got talked about. Oh, yeah, they put the trailer out for that. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, mm-hmm. Then they released the full trailer. Did you guys sit down and watch that at all? I did. Paul? I think... Yes, I, I, I watched okay. the uh, trailer, and... Uh, Paul and I both had the same... Yeah. The same thing to say about it, which was, looks beautiful. The mm-hmm. graphics, the designs they do, all that looks great. But the 
storyline is not something I want to sit through like a two-hour movie of. Yeah. Yeah. It just, well, our world is gone. We must find a way to live here with the humans. But our way is only war. But maybe if we teamed up with the humans, we'll find another way. Uh, You know, it's like... I'm not into the political intrigue. I just want orcs and humans. Do you like that, Paul? Yeah. What if one of the orcs looked like West uh, Wing World of Warcraft? Oh, what's oh Robert Redford? (laughs) What if Robert Redford was one of the orcs? Oh well, then political intrigue all year. He was like Redder Car or something. Hey, are you saying that Captain America Two did not benefit from Robert Redford's character? No, I'm just saying that's probably what you enjoyed the most out of it. It was pretty awesome. He was the linchpin of the whole twist. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Clancy Brown plays one of those orcs, and Clancy Brown could have played your beloved Redford's part. Now <laughs> <laughs> um, he's going to look up I, who Clancy Brown is. Yeah, because I have no idea who he's. Um, you know, and I know, like, I was talking to someone who is a huge Warcraft fan. He plays the game. Oh, that guy? Um crazy religiously and he was saying like mm, i'm psyched for it because this is a major storyline within the game this is yeah. how it all kind of started and my thought was i just like i don't really care about story or character development in a movie like this i just want really cool war scenes and cool weapons and then and you, you do get some glimpses of that yeah like, and it does look like it's going to have it but um, I don't know, this is something that I'm looking forward to seeing. Like you said, um, it's not so much because of the plot. It's more just to see a kick-ass fantasy movie. In uh, the guy who stars in this, Travis uh, Femmel, um, you can see him do all of that in uh, the Vikings A&E TV series um, that lasted uh. like two or three seasons because he's the star of that. This is definitely going to be one of those ones that, it, when it hits Netflix or some sort of cheap streaming service, I'll probably watch it then, but I don't think I'm going to need to go. Because I've never been a... I yeah. played the original Warcraft. I played Warcraft 2. I couldn't get into Warcraft 3 because it was so character and story-driven. I was like, dude, I just want to build my village and whack a whale upon the other villages. I don't... I don't need these Muppet-looking orcs jibber-jabbing at me. Like, so I never got into the Warcraft lore. And I played yeah. a lot of World of Warcraft. Uh, there's a, and there's a lot of lore, too. Mm-hmm. And this is written and directed by the guy who did um, Moon with yeah. Sam Rockwell, which mm-hmm. is real talky-talky. When Paul and I liked it. Chris, did. you didn't like it. Yeah, uh, I just couldn't get into it. And he also did the source code um, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Which was a good time travely kind of movie, mm-hmm. um, but that was in 2011. This movie's coming out in two, 2016. Like, has he been working on? Well, he's probably been working on this movie since 2012. <laughs> because remember, it was going to be Sam Raimi. It was going to be. It's an interesting choice for director to do a big movie like this. Um, I, I probably the more trailers I get, I will see it. But I I don't know if it will be in the theater. If I was still really into World of Warcraft, I'd probably be more excited for it. If I hung out with a group of people that were really into World of Warcraft, I'd probably... The closest I get is Hearthstone now. 
Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. I mean, I've dabbled on and off in World of Warcraft for years, and right now mm-hmm. Hearthstone's kind of the thing that's reigniting and keeping that flame alive. What other news, guys? We had a bunch of other stuff, but we kind of segued to talk about what we talked about a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie trailers. Oh, yeah. We looked at them. Because, hey, remember last week how we got the final Star Wars trailer for The Force Awakens? Well, the we final. Like, wow, that was great. That's all we needed. North American trailer. Yeah, we forgot about international trailers, so we got two of those. One uh, wait, wait, for wait. Japan, and then we got an international television trailer. Oh, okay. That's an... Wait, that's an international television trailer? I thought that was just yes. the television trailer. No, that's an international television trailer. What? Okay, I didn't really get the international flavor from that one. Uh, it's not like uh, Japanese Kit Kats or anything, so... No, it's, it's not like that, but um, it's a little bit more focused on the character of Rey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Your eyes. That's not something that they really do in crying. American trailers. <laughs> Yeah. In America, they just focus on bad guys. And blowing sh- stuff up. Yeah. International, they can focus on the female heroine. Like, mm-hmm. it, that's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, it looks great. Um, I love the little glimpses we get that don't give anything away. That makes me be like, what? Han Solo's back on some other ice planet? Or is it Hoth? I don't know, but I'm excited to see what it is. The more venues they go to, the more wide-reaching this movie is going to be, and I'll be like, "Man, this wow! How are they are fitting this all?" Too big? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, because you know the first movie, it, it was your classic like Mario movie, <laughs> Mario kind of thing. It's oh, because they're playing everyone calls oh. the Mario movie classic. Well, no, no, classic <laughs> Mario, uh, like uh, you know how Mario levels are, like oh, you got okay. the. Desert level, you got the snow level, you got your dungeon level. Oh yeah, you know. So they go from the desert level, they go into the dungeon level, which is the desert level, Tatooine dungeon level, the uh, the Death Star. Bada bing, bada boom, done. Yep, ice level, Hoth. Go into the dungeon level, uh, Bespin, the sky level. Okay, cool, done. Two levels, in and out. This uh, you're throwing three or four levels at me. I might be might be a little bit uh over my head. Just imagine uh some of its DLC. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Nintendo doesn't do good DLC because they know it's too much. They know, they know I can only have handle two levels. Just like Paul can't do all this. I can't do it. Can't do it all. Can't do it. Well, Paul, speaking of trailers and things that you have to do all of it, uh. Happy N7 Day the other day. Oh, thank you. It was yesterday, uh, 11-7. BioWare decided that that was going to be N7 Day, where they released... November 7th, it works. Yeah, where they released a uh, teaser for Mass Effect Andromeda. And uh, with a voiceover by uh, Jennifer Hale, the femship. Femship. Yep, female ship, which was a nice little kind of thing, but glimpsed very little at the actual video game it was like uh remember star wars enterprise i know we all try to block it out our star trek enterprise sorry i never actually paid attention to that game not not the game the television show oh yeah you remember the opening how it was like showing you know no. the human race like build a bunch of different no. vessels and ships i do 
uh, basically that's that was kind of the same kind of motif. It was oh we're all travelers, and it showed like the first rocket ships, and then led to more and more advanced rocket ships. And now you are the traveler, and no matter where you go, know that we are with you. No, this is Commander Shepard. Do, do they show the Shining Normandy? Off. No, no, it's a different. It's a new ship. That's <clears throat> okay. that's going to. Sorry, be- like my I have a knowledge of Mass Effect, but it's like severely passing. So, because mm-hmm. I've honestly only played the first one, and I couldn't get into it. Sorry, Paul. It's okay. You should play the second one. Just play the second well, one. Honestly, it was like driving around on the planet surface in that little rover thing that I just... The Mako! It's a tank! Yeah, that was not fun. Had a huge cannon. No. Play the second one. Okay. It's a heist. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, I like heists. Yeah. Did they roll out the blueprint in front of you? Uh, Basically. Mm. And a hologram. Holograms? They're not allowed. They're not real. Yeah, holograms aren't real, Paul, but the set pictures that we've gotten from the set of Doctor Strange are. Mm. And we get to see uh, Benedict Cumberbunch. Um, Cumberbatch? <laughs> Cumberbatch. It's his name, right? No. He, he hasn't done anything to deserve me to know his proper name. So you let's, love wow. Sherlock. You're the one that brought Sherlock to the table for everyone. <laughs> uh... <laughs> We've gotten to see uh, a bearded, grizzled, travel-worn Stephen Strange. Uh, And um, the villain of the picture walking together, he just looks like he's traveling in Asia. He's a traveling guy in Egypt with a beard. He's a traveler. He's a traveling guy on the set. And you know know what they're not? Holograms. They're not. How do you know? Maybe they are holograms. You don't know. I did not look at these set photos because I never am interested in set photos because it's, like, out of context. I have no idea what's going on. And also, like, it's basically since the Flash um, television series where we were looking at it and we're like, ooh, I don't know about it. It looks like like a biker costume. It doesn't look like it's a Flash costume. I don't care, man. Like, it's... Yeah, okay, but it's, it's nothing. It's the just flash. walking down the street. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, set, set pictures are the worst. Like, they don't show you anything. And by the time the show or movie actually comes out, th- there's more effects added to it. And it looks a lot different from what, you know, just somebody's cell phone Ball. capture is. Ball. Okay. This maybe, is a- maybe it's just me, but I like being able to see the movie and being like, that's where they filmed that from. Like, when they were filming Iron Man... Uh, or Iron Man 2, I think it was Iron Man. And, like, there were set pictures of him, like, underneath an overpass. And I was like, I remember seeing that in, in, the, in the movie, in the set, the set pictures. Wow. They do I, film movies, guys. I like seeing, like, the location-based ones where they made, like, for The Incredible Hulk, when they made Toronto look like New York. For some okay, strange reason. That's going to be my next point, because that's what makes me like the whole behind-the-scenes stuff, because I've been on that street. I yeah. walked past that strip. We saw that street and the location from our hotel room. Mm-hmm. And we're here. like, that that still looks exactly like, why are they saying that's Harlem? That doesn't. That is definitely uh, Front Street uh, uh, in Toronto. That's not Harlem at all. Like. They didn't so, do anything. For, for those of you that don't know exactly what we're talking about, if you go watch the Incredible Hulk movie where the showdown between Abomination and Hulk mm-hmm. takes place, 
they say it's New York, but it's actually a street up in Toronto, which we've gone to multiple times, uh, just because we like going up there and then also just for conventions. But, mm-hmm. like, seeing something that you know so well portrayed as something else, it just, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Location photos. Cool. Set photos of the characters walking down the street in, like, weird costumes. Not that cool for me. Don't, you know. Oh, we're a podcast? On the internet. Yes. We need to talk about these things. Exactly. (laughs) And that's why I'm giving you my hot take on it. Your hot take on it. Which is, I don't like them. I don't don't care about them. Because I'm on the internet, and I don't like things. You brought it up. And I'm going to say, yeah, I think that's stupid, and nobody should do that. And I don't like it. No, I'm not saying nobody should. I'm like waving it. a gavel around while I do this. Order in my court. <laughs> I'm did glad I bought the, this ten dollar gavel. Did you see the photos from the new Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie? Then no, you know why? Because I saw they were set photos, and I'm like, they're not set. Photos. No, they're, they're like they're actual like production stills. Oh, okay. Well, then okay? maybe I'll load those up and look at them now while you guys describe so, them to me <laughs> in picture frames. The production skills stills are okay. Um, but what we got is... Typing on the internet. <laughs> oh, the next beer is hitting Paul already. Um, <laughs> but over at Entertainment Weekly, they got some exclusive photos from the production of the new Harry Potter spinoff film, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is something of a period piece. This actually takes place in 1996, and it follows the exploits of Newt Scamander, um, a young wizard who actually wrote one of the Hogwarts textbooks, uh, the titular Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And this is his adventures around America. So we're actually going to get to see the American wizarding world in this. Uh, something that's kind of been, I don't want to say avoided, but a little bit more neglected in the larger Harry Potter universe. And while they're keeping the plot a little bit under wraps still, we did learn that the American term for... Muggle is nomad. Okay. And instead of having a Ministry of Magic, uh, America has like a uh, magical Congress of the United States. Hmm. Because America, why wouldn't we have a Congress? They just get blocked up with wizard legislation left and right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. And what year did you say this comes from? Like, what year is it set? 1926. 1926. Okay. At first I thought you said 96, and I was like, but that takes place after the yeah. movies. See, the Whigs and the Tories well, like did not go away in America. They just became part of the mystical beasts. <laughs> Where you find them? The magical Congress of America? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a lot to go on, but I like the general look of the movie. Uh, I like the little bits of stuff that they've not let slip, but they've kind of told us so far just to expand upon the, the universe. Um, I like world building stuff mm-hmm. and that's kind of always been like one of the big questions that, uh, Harry Potter fans have had is like, well, how come there's no Americans at Hogwarts? Well, it's because, America has its own school, so maybe we'll see them at uh, at this point in time. Who knows? They have to, right? What, the like fan appeasement? Eh, you know. Do they? Just say yes, Paul. Cause this is making my heart hurt if they don't. 
I don't know because you know what I like about J.K. Rowling and her stuff. Like she takes into consideration what fans want, but she still just tells her own story. Yeah, like it, you know, because there's pro- there were probably a lot of fans that were like, no, it's it's going to be Harry and Hermione, right? Harry and Hermione, and she's like, no, I already wrote this story. It's Harry and Ginny. Get over yeah, it. Like, just like a couple years ago, she was even like, yeah, if I could have done it differently, it wouldn't have been Ron and Hermione. Mm. Uh, but I do like one of the little things that they kind of let slip is. It's a little bit more of a concern keeping magic under wraps in America solely because of the uh, Salem witch trials. Hmm. Yeah. Because that happened. We kill them. We kill them. We We don't take kindly to their kind. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, But something I'm taking very kindly to is this temptress of a milk stout from Lakewood Brewing Company. The name of the beer is the temptress, guys. Mm. It is. It is. Imperial milk stout. Smooth and easy. 9.1%. Uh, yeah, I, after taking my first sip, I, it shocked me when I saw that, because I was like, no way is this 9.1%. So uh, good. And what I really enjoy on this is on the bottle, it says, pairs well with robust blue cheese, dark chocolate, and sin. <laughs> I didn't see that. Um, uh, and Paul, do you need to know the zip code from this brewing company? No, no. All right. But what's the area code? <laughs> because we're in the good old 716. Uh, they don't have a phone number on here. Oh, Sorry. that's too bad. What's the zip code? 75041. Uh, no, this is fantastic. This, this is has a- basically everything you would look for in a milk sout. And it, it's and- nothing like – it's nothing crazy. It's just – so pleasant tasting, so smooth, good aftertaste. There's nothing like extreme or really bold about this. It's just a really well made milk stout. I, I I wish I could have this alongside some of my other go to milk stouts, like the um, left hand milk stout. Yeah, just because like that that one's readily available. Like you can find it everywhere. I just based off of like first initial like couple sips I, I think i would put this above that uh yeah i would i would put it over the regular milk stout probably the nitro would probably win out just for its creaminess yeah mm. i mean if you had this on tap who knows like this could be oh yeah this one has a frosting. darkness a bitterness a little yeah. bit of that chocolatiness to it though that i'm really digging on and the area code might be from the 214 the 469 or the 972 oh Thanks for that bullshit, Paul. <laughs> You're welcome. It's right outside of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> uh, no, but this is definitely... I would look for this beer again. Like, this is this is definitely a, a winner of a milk stout. Yeah. Delicious. I love it. <laughs> I love it, too. So good. <laughs> uh, what else do we love, Paul? Uh, we love the books that are coming out this week, November 11th, 11. 2015. And John, of those books, what is Chris most looking forward to? Um, Let, let's talk to John about it because I'm typing stuff in right now. Okay. John, what is the book that John is most looking forward to? Well, it's a new number one from Image Comics. Oh, so you're going to love it or hate it? 
uh, by writer Jason Aaron. Okay, you might love it. Uh, and this is The Goddamned. And this is a post-apocalyptic caveman crazy world. You might hate it. Thing. <laughs> uh, but it's Jason Aaron. It's a new number one. But I'm always looking to try it out. Have and you this read is any an of the oversized special edition? Have you read any other Jason Aaron like creator own work like uh, Southern Bastards? I read uh, Southern Bastards. Did you like it? I did. It wasn't one that I was going to continue on on an ongoing series, mm-hmm. but I, I know where it was going, and I wouldn't mind continuing on picking up Scalped. a trade. I have Scalp to read. I have not sat down to read it yet. Yeah, I, I passed off Scalp to him because I knew I would mm-hmm. never do it. Yeah. But those are two real-world, I mean, I said in the real-world books. This is more of the Jason Aaron I think we enjoy, like from more uh, on the kilter of... Uh, his Marvel war work, which is just you know comic booky and zany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, looks like it's going to be over the top, crazy, apocalyptic world. I mean, the cover is a dude squatting on like a mountain's edge, holding a bloody battle axe with a bunch of severed heads next to him. Huh. So scalped. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh. But I'm always looking out for those new number ones that I may or may not like. I'm always looking to get back into series that I may or may not like. But, man, I am itching a hard for some more Star Wars books. So uh, after finishing up uh, Star Wars, the Empire Sh- Shattered Empire uh, miniseries, what, that was only like five issues, right? Yeah. There's not going to be any more? No, but Sh- what a great five issues. Yeah, it was so good. I'm, I just want some more though. It just Paul. It was Paul. It was there just to set the table for the Force Awakens. I know, but now there's these trees. <laughs> I want to know what happens with them. Trees. Well, okay. like I the know fact, about the trees. And this is something I've kind of wanted to talk about, um, because watching all these Star Wars trailers, international trailers, mm-hmm. international TV spots, like, do we think Poe Dameron's going to have the Force because his parents got that? tree that they planted and it was like glowing at the end maybe because poe was a small child while that tree got planted at their house and i feel like the fact that it's glowing has some sort of significance to the force like it that's the midichlorian sensor or whatever you want to say we don't talk about the midichlorians i know we, we don't but maybe this is a better way of doing it well yoda said that the force is Within us penetrates us and all living th- things. The tree, you know, even the trees, you know, everything, anything living, is imbued with the power of the force. It's what binds us. I just, uh, there's so much misdirection going on with like what we we're getting from mm-hmm. the Force Awakens trailers. Like, but these books uh, definitely po- like Poe's the only character that hasn't really been focused on, right? And, like, another character that hasn't been focused on is Luke, so maybe... And this is all just, you know, fanboy speculating. Like, maybe it's because of, like, what's going to happen, you know, to Mm Poe. Or maybe just because he doesn't really have too much of a role besides he's, like, the hotshot pilot that gets them the cute droid that everyone likes, you know? Well, we see this cute droid with uh, Rey, but I think we get 
Poe being broken because he's getting tortured by uh, Ken Kylo Ren. Ke- Kylo Ren, and it seems like he gets broken out by um, Finn. Finn, and then they have that moment together, like, "Hey, hey, yeah, you're my buddy. You br- helped me break out of prison." Like hey, as man. they pass, wish me luck. Yep, I'm going to go fly off and battle these uh, Tie Fighters. So it seems like he has a pretty pivotal role. He's the guy that kind of brings Finn into the resistance because that's what they're calling the yep. rebellion now. So, so I think he has a bigger role. Uh, but I, I think this book led me to believe that any kind of rumor that uh, Ken uh, Kai, what was this? Kylo, Kylo Ren is definitely not Luke Skywalker. No. Because he's there getting force trees. So like, what's somehow in the twenty-five years after that, he's going to become evil? Well, also in the like one clip that they show in the trailer, you see Finn lightsaber dueling Kylo Ren, and it looks like Kylo Ren has like the like the hood off and his mask is off, and you see like the shorter hair, and he definitely looks a lot younger. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like a Luke. Yeah, that's not trailer. that's not gray hair. That's that's rich auburn or black hair. Uh, and then in the, in the Japanese trailer or the is it the, J- the Japan's trailer, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. international. Um, we see Kylo Ren speaking, and it sounds like Andy uh, Sudeikis's voice, not Sudeikis. Well, uh, circus, circus, his voice coming through the mask. So I'm. I thought that was kind of interesting because we didn't know his role is kind of like a mystery role. His voice was definitely present in that first trailer. So <clears throat> who knows? That's but, why I'm eager to read all of the Star Wars stuff. And, and that's the thing. Like, with Kanan number eight from Marvel Comics. This is such a great time to be a Star Wars fan because... There's all the Star Wars. Going back to what you were saying like last week or the week before where you were looking at the uh, episode one trailer and being like, were there warning signs? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, there definitely were. But everyone was just so excited about Star Wars that they kind of looked past it. I feel like now is is the time. Like, as excited as people were, it was just kind of like that... Uh, it was like that faux enthusiasm. Like, hey, Star Wars is back. Like, we like Star Wars, so we'll like this. Mm-hmm. But now it's like it's a it's genuine. It's an actual like like excitement. So I'm thinking about picking up a that book and also an actual novel. One of these, you know, a word book. Yeah, words books. You know, maybe Star Wars: Fallen Stars, maybe Star Wars: Aftermath, but something definitely set after the Battle of Endor. And and, and there, so I'm thinking about one of those two. Are these approved canon? Yeah. Okay, that was gonna be my question because I wasn't sure. This is from uh, what the what the infographic from IO9 is telling me that Lost Stars that came out in September 2015 or Aftermath both are uh, the approved new canon, uh, right alongside of Shattered Empire, the comic book that just came out. So much like Canon, which is uh, or Canon, is approved, which is. Which is there? Canon, the last uh, Pandawan, <laughs> number eight, 
which happens uh, 18 years before the Battle of Yavin. Which, Paul, when you were here, we watched, like, part of an episode of Star Wars Rebels. Is Did that kind of oh. stoke that fire a little bit? Well, no, well, just, it didn't, well, yeah, it's, what's stoking? Is stoking, like, getting it more emblazed? Yeah. Then yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the flame was already going pretty hard, and he just added another log onto the fire. That's all that did. It, 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 just, just checking. It, it wasn't like it, the fire was dying out in, in embers or anything. It was just like, oh, yeah, throw another log on. It's awesome. Let's do it. Chris. Yes. What book are I'm you looking forward to? You're no longer typing. Tell us your book. Um, I was I narrowed it down between two, one of them being All New Hawkeye number 1 by Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, which saw an older Hawkeye coming back from the future uh, with an older, wiser Kate Bishop to the present. And I was like, that's weird. But at the same time, it sounds kind of just like what they've been doing in the regular mm-hmm. Hawkeye book. So maybe it was just like an editorial edict where they're like, okay, we can tie this into Secret Wars by having the characters just be older, but still like at pseudo odds with each other. Uh-huh. But my pick is actually going to be The Wicked and the Divine number 16 from Image Comics. Uh, written by Kieran Gillen, art by Jamie McCauley. Uh, this is a book that I've really enjoyed since it first started coming out. And I don't want to say I fell off of it, but I fell behind on it mm. just with picking yeah. up and moving and everything. Um, and then I sat down one day where I was off and I read like the four or five issues that I had missed out on. And they dropped some bombshells, and that brought me right back into it. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's you, you talked about Wicked and Divine and everything, but uh, it wasn't Star Wars, so I kind of glazed out. I'm sorry. No, I was still okay. thinking about Star Wars. I'm still thinking about Star Wars, and I want to talk about it more, but we just can't. Right. Paul, like, we Paul can't that's me when you talk about everything. <laughs> I understand Ooh, that smells so good. But but we got another great comic book series uh, to talk about. Right, John? What are you talking about? It's dramatic reading time. Right. That's why I'm throwing it to you, because you picked this great comic book series to talk about. You never finished fucking reading it. I, you're, I know. Not, you're lying. <laughs> talking about them all. <laughs> Wait, you're not picking uh, for the dramatic reading uh, Night Force? I finished reading Night Force number one. I think I've read all the panels now on dramatic reading. This is... No, you you have not even come close. But you're not doing dramatic reading. Chris is doing dramatic Mm. reading. Oh, I am? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just sending it to me so I had it. Well, yes, yes and yes. Are you ready? Sure, why not? (laughs) And now, a dramatic reading from Batman Eternal, number 52, page 36, panel 4. It's taking too long to open. Hold on. And that was... (laughs) (laughs) I made a joke. A little bit. Because I I got an image of, like, somebody trying to open a door. (laughs) It's taking too long to open. Hold on. It's like uh, I, I it's like Han Solo 
like trying to open up the door on Endor, you know, to the get to the shield generator. It's taking too long to open. Hold on. It's open now. Mm. And now, a dramatic reading of Batman Eternal, number 52, page 36, page, panel, four. What do you think, Jen? You have one more on you? I just might. <laughs> All I know is I need food after this episode. <laughs> and that was a dramatic reading of Batman Eternal, number 52, page 36. Panel four. How have I you? I imagine Jim Gordon like Danny Glover. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> uh, and what I'm old enough to drink is our next beer. Uh, this is where we're a little split because Paul and I are going to be drinking Mosaic IPA from Community Beer Company out of Texas, and Chris is going to have a different beer. Um. So I'm allowing him to get that. This is a... Thank you for for giving me the heads up about that, too. Yeah. Uh, This is a very pleasant IPA. So good. It's grapefruity and delicious and Um, great. I I gave Chris, because everything we had doubles of, except for the bomber bottle that Paul and I drank, uh, and then um, we we were sent... uh, from Jonathan sent us this Mosaic IPA and then a um, Belgian IPA, which we're all fans of. Um, but I thought Paul and I might enjoy the Mosaic more than the Belgian. So I gave Chris the Belgian. Um, but this is a delicious IPA, 8.6%. I love the orangish color. Oh, it's like ruby. It is a nice orange. It is... Got a beautiful citrusy nose, and then just the flavor is just pops as yeah. soon as it hits. There's no, not like that honey and blood, blood and honey, or what was it called? The first one, the revolver, blood and honey. Uh, yeah. Uh, where I had to go search for the flavor, this one just pops on my tongue right uh, away. Like mouthfeel, like right in the middle of your tongue, it feels a little watery, and then you swallow, and then there's that. Flavor. Okay. I, I don't get that at all, but well, flavor and taste is subjective, so I do not doubt that you get that. Well, it's not like do you, it's. Do you it's, get the boop off of it, though? No. I don't get the bippity. I don't get the boppity. And I certainly do not get the boop. <laughs> so, as we both think as we get at the same time. Right? Okay. It's an audio podcast. <laughs> we should both. One of us should be talking. Well, I thought we were vamping long enough for Chris to get his beer going. Hey, you, you did, and I, I okay. drank a good portion of it already. <laughs> Good. Tell me how the Belgian is that Belgian. Because uh, what I have is the Hop Trap, which is the Belgian style IPA from Lakewood Brewing. Um, this is six point four percent ABV, so it's a little bit of a smaller guy than yours, but it's still a little bit bigger than most of your typical like IPAs. It's not like a a session. Um, but at first taste, it's definitely a Belgian. You get the nice tight bubbles off of it. You get kind of that Belgian yeast. Um, but this has also been brewed with coriander seeds, so you do get a little bit of that Ooh. spice that comes in on the back end. Um, but it's got a, just like a nice honey richness to it. Um, it's it's a good pick. I'm I'm not a, the biggest fan of Belgian style beers. Like I have the ones that I like, but this is definitely something that I would drink. Um, and I, I 
I downed a lot of it pretty quick just to try to like get the full palette feel of it because I I'm still like halfway through my Temptress. Um, oh, we, we're Russian good. people. Yeah, it's okay though because I like both of these beers. So now uh, we got those out of the way. I can take it slow. Double fist, double fist, double 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 fist. Chris, you're usually one of the you're usually the one that finishes these beers before us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we still have that double IPA we need to drink. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to ooh. say like, hey, you know, hurry it up, but hey, hurry it up. Well, we got I'm, four or to five different Batman and Robin Eternals to talk about. So, oh, it's well, five. We got we got time. It's five. I don't. I haven't read the fifth one yet, so I'm sorry. It's four. We got four, four to talk about. Four of those issues. Unfortunately, they, I read them all back to back. So did I. So I don't know where the fourth one stops and the fifth one begins. I can guess. I'll load it on my tablet and, and I will know. It's when these, Tim Drake. I read these weekly as they came out. So it's when Tim Drake says hello, mother. Right. That's the fourth issue. End of the fourth. Chris, maybe I'm, I, I'm, I'm loading. I'm sorry. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, Batman and Robin Internal is spinning out of the events of Batman Endgame, correct? And uh, so we have... Well, it's, no, it's Not especially. No, it's kind of like yeah. right after the last issue of Batman, like the one that came out right before the it started. Okay. Like right there. Because it's also like right with the last issue that came out of... Grayson, you know, like it's not like picking up after that. It's right after the last issue. Okay, so not out of Endgame. Nope, just out of the last issue. Yeah, of Batman. So it, this doesn't necessarily. So it doesn't take off of right after Batman Eternal. It takes af- right after Batman. That's what I'm trying to clarify here. Yeah. Okay. And in such. We have a Bruce Wayne, whose memories have been somehow removed of all his exploits as the Batman from from Endgame, and now that he's come back from the pit. Okay, I got I had to put it in there. Sorry. Okay, he's come back from the pit. He's got a beard. This is your baby, and I'm just vamping here in order to try to get you to You're talk, talk a little go, bit. Go, man, go. I'm, I'm asking You're Mr. Questions. Talky, and I'm filling in. Go for it. Go. No, I'm Mr. Drinky now. I'm going to be over here in this corner being Mr. Drinky, because that's how Paul gets when he drinks. <laughs> he becomes very protective of his drink and sits in the corner and drinks alone. Well, don't do that, Paul. Don't make me growl at you again. <laughs> that was Okay. I don't think I read number four because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. So that might have been a after a couple beers drink uh, read. Mm. We've all had those. But uh, what's fun about this is the same kind of fun that we had from reading that very first issue of Jack uh, of, uh, of Snyder's, Scott Snyder's Batman, which was, oh, the family's all here. It's 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 uh, Dick, it's Tim, and, you know, they're going to make up ice cream sundaes with Alfred, except it's not time to make ice cream sundaes, it's time to punch people in the face. So, uh, uh, yeah. you bring in Red Hood also, 
Jason Todd. This is a story that revolves around all of your Robins. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me. I had a burp. Beer burp. And, and even some, not Robins, are getting brought yeah. into it, too. Mm-hmm. Some bluebirds. Some black bats. Some spoilers. Whoa. Some no spoilers. Spoiler warnings in full effect. The character spoiler. Yeah, yeah. But we also are he's, reviewing he's the book, so we have to. Oh. But she also says. That, she, she, she also says spoiler alert, which is kind of lame. Uh, it's endearing, Paul. But this is what I feel the new Mar or the new DC, uh, the new DC fifty two has been missing is these Robins together. Mm-hmm. Anytime these characters have had interactions, be it in the Red Robin comic book where. Um, Jason Todd shows up and has pancakes with Tim Drake, and they have that moment of just conversation together. Mm-hmm. I love those kind of moments. And with that new 52, we kind of weren't getting those as much. Um, well, I guess, well, well you even, see. Oh, go ahead. Even something like uh, the, uh, was it the Damien book, where he was trying to take out all the different Robins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even that was fun, just seeing these characters interact is awesome because they're all so different. I think that Damien book was pre-52. Um, no, it had to be like post-52. Because that was kind of happening because Robin died. That was Batman and Robin. Yeah, was that pre or post? Okay, so that might have been pre-52. Because I think, yeah. Because... Well, Dan DiDio here. Uh, <laughs> Batman's only been operating in uh, the public spotlight for the past five years. So, uh, yeah, him and Dick had some time together, and then uh, then Jason Todd showed up. But that Tim Drake, uh, was he a Robin? Was he not a Robin? I don't know. And this is definitely, like, you have flashbacks in this because this is a story of Dick Grayson's Robin in mm-hmm. one of his... First big exploits is Robin. First time battling a supervillain. And Daircrow. And then it, everything like you want in a big weekly year long series are you're trying to connect the dots and they're giving you those dots. They're giving you those little breadcrumbs mm-hmm. to to try to solve this mystery. But this goes back to a very teenage Robin of Tim Drake. So it's it can't be I mean even in, if he's 13, I dropped my pen. If he's 13 in there and now it's 5 years later he's 18, the Dick Grayson super spy mm-hmm. is older than 18. Yeah. He's in his 20s. I'd even mm-hmm. I mean 28 I, I'd 29 like 30. Yeah. 32 at the oldest. But then where you you're putting Batman well into his 40s? Like no. that that's the thing we always we've been yeah. struggling yeah. with this timeline since the new 52 of mm-hmm. where these characters are in age. Yeah. They're where they're supposed to have been in the because po- I'm thinking the, that that Tim Drake that we see in those flashbacks is 16 15 16 17. You mean the Dick Grayson? The Dick Grayson. What did I say? You said 10. I'm talking beer. <laughs> uh yeah, so then Tim because we get Tim Drake that is 16, because they call it his his age out. He's 16. And Jason Todd is definitely older than that. 
he's a hard drinking, hard talking, hard living kind of guy. So he has to be 25, you know, in his er, mid to early 20s. And Tim, and then Dick Grayson would have to be older than that. So somewhere in the 27 to 29 range. Yeah, I'd, I'd, buy that. I'd buy that. So those flashbacks <clears throat> of five years ago. <laughs> five years ago still doesn't add up. Yeah, it's 22. This is this is yeah. definitely, you You need to do your math pre-52. Mm-hmm. It's where these characters were before that. Cause um, isn't just Tim, remember who's older than who, and there you go. Is Tim Drake in the future? <laughs> um, but you definitely, and this is, I mean, it's a weekly book in... A couple of the books have a couple artists on them doing certain pages and stuff. But, like, sometimes Tim, Tim Drake is drawn like a teenager, and then sometimes he's drawn like an adult male. Like, mm-hmm. he's the same age as Grayson. Um, but this is, from issue one to issue five, I'm loving this book. Like, it's... I. My problem with Eternal was it wasn't coming out fast enough, and it was coming out weekly, where I like to collect them and then read them straight through. That's what I did with this. I wanted to collect them and read them and, you know, read a bunch of them all together. Mm-hmm. But now I'm hooked in that way that I am going to be reading it week to week, and it still isn't going to be coming out fast enough for me. No, I, I definitely agree as <laughs> – just a Robin fan, and mm-hmm. that's all-encompassing. Um, I I love seeing these characters interact, and I love kind of seeing the like the newbies to the group, like Cassandra Kane, Harper Rowe, and Stephanie Brown, kind of being brought in just by circumstance because they're just in the wrong place or the right place at the right time. Uh, did he have a problem with Stephanie Brown saying "Kiss me, sexy Batman"? No. <laughs> Because that was so, like, out of place because I was reading it, uh, you know, digitally on the guided view. Let's let's be honest, though. If you met Dick Grayson, you'd say the same thing. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I had no idea what she was talking about uh, because I flipped from the panel of, like, them fighting, uh, you know, Harper getting, like, basically beaten by the orphan. And then the next panel is... Kiss me, sexy Batman. Wait, it's kiss, kiss me, sexy Batman because she watches him like run up, uh, like yeah, run up a lamp up post, the, jumps yeah. up to the grate, flips over this, and does this great acrobatic thing to go straight up a building. I had to zoom out to the. That's my one problem still with digital view. You know, reading a guided view versus you, a page because I never. Okay, I had to zoom back out to get that call? right. Okay, do you read it on a phone or on a tablet? I read this on the phone. Okay, so, so I, I tend to read everything on the tablet, so it is like a page view, except mm-hmm. for when I have to go uh, zoom like in horizontal to, to landscape view to mm-hmm. do like the double page spreads, and that's when I do the guided view, just so I make sure I read. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about in the right way? Because you can have your settings set up too, so either when you enter a page, it'll show you the full page. That's what I needed to do. Or that's- I always do it on the way out of a page, like up. It took me a while. That's all I'm saying. It took me a while to try to figure out what she's talking about here. Well, you know, it's hard because all of these characters are those, like, the people who are quippy and Mm -hmm. who have the fun things to say. So you got a whole room of these people doing that. 
but they're able to capture the voice of each of those characters. Everything that's been said yeah. does not feel out of place from that character. Uh, yeah, G, uh, uh, the Tinian the third is do or the fourth the third. Him he the fourth. Uh, James Tinian fourth. fourth the fourth is doing a great job with the scripts. Well, he's not writing all of them. Okay. Uh, him and Snyder have done stories, the mm-hmm. story together, and he's done some of the script writing. There are other people doing the scripts as well. Yeah. Well, they're definitely setting a really good tone for all these characters. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Like, at no point have I felt like uh, this doesn't read how this character should or how they normally do. Yeah, I haven't uh, hit upon a an Avengers cosplay moment. Yeah. Uh, Tim Seeley is another one of the art or writers on this. And then he's been working over on, uh, I was going to say Nightwing, but over on Grayson. Mm. Steve Orlando. Did Who's we not? go to school with him? <laughs> we went to school Tony. with Tony Orlando. Tony Orlando. He, I didn't even go to school with him, but I still know the legend of Tony Orlando. Yeah, uh... Yeah, Steve Orlando so far is out of um, all the books that the five books he's written the most. Hmm. And he's—I don't know who he is. Yeah, something to to look into. Um, I don't know. It's it's fun, and I think you need that from a Robin book because mm-hmm. you're dealing with a pretty much like the only DC lineage character now. Yeah. And it, they've always just kind of had that fun repertoire between one another. And it it's existing. And, you know, whoever happens to be writing that, whether it's Tim Seeley, <clears throat> Steve Orlando, James Tinian, Scott Snyder, did um, Tony Daniel write any of it, or was he just on He's art? He's just on art. Okay. Um, regardless, like... This is firing on kind of that same level that uh, Batman Eternal was. Because, like John said, this is a book that I look forward to every week because it's something that I care about. And I think this has so far been a little bit more consistent than Batman Eternal because Batman Eternal was jumping between different characters for each issue. You might have had, like, a Batwing issue, and then you go over and you focus on... Batman, and then you see like Batgirl. This has predominantly just been telling that one story, and you, you don't need to see them mm-hmm. interweaving between each other because they're all acting together pretty much. And in five issues that I've read, it is all the same night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it just keeps going. There keep everything keeps going. Characters might break off and be doing something else, but it's all still within the same timeline. And all I know from these five issues is I needed to read Grayson number two to find out more. There's little, I mean, it, it's little pocket things that yeah. it, it none of it really matters. Mm-hmm. Like even I've I've read Grayson number two and I was like, I don't really remember that. Ooh, yeah, well, all right, yes. Yeah. It was like how long? Ago and now? three different issues they call out like. Oh, re- Grayson number two. It was like... Well, they said Grayson man. number two, Grayson 12, uh, Batman, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. Some editor notes. That's all I'm saying. Is there's... Oh, I'm going to need to... I heard, I heard a, like, a can <laughs> click open, and then Paul just go, oh. 
I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to wake up tomorrow if I don't get food. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll take See, you the, for a cheeseburger, buddy. <laughs> uh, complete sidebar. These are the nights that I miss because they'd just be like, hey, let's go to Mighty Taco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mighty Taco, a fast food uh, Taco Bell up in Northeast. Yeah. I, I took more, Paul, because I, I knew I was Mighty drinking Taco for in like a year and a half now, and that makes me sad, but probably healthier. Mm. I knew I was drinking these beers, Paul, tonight. Four beers, so I put some bass in my stomach. I uh, got the bass working. I had a, I had a salad. <laughs> Paul, it's all about that bass and soup for dinner. Oh, soup's never good when you're going to be drinking. I had a bowl of rice. <laughs> See, that's smart. Starch. I always go with starches for drinking. Oh, it's good. It's, it's too good for me not to drink. <laughs> this we, is your fault there, so Super Friends of the Show. <laughs> do you want to take a pause so we can talk about the next beer before we talk more about the books? Sure. Who's introducing the beer? You are. No, I said the last one. Paul is. No. I told you you were because it was the only time you'd be doing one that we all are drinking. Mm, I find that highly suspect. But uh, Chris, Paul did the Blood and Orange. I did the Temptress. We both drunk, drank different beer IPAs. We are both drunk. That is true. And you were doing Dream Crash. I did Blood and Honey. No, you didn't. I did Blood and Honey. Okay, maybe I had to do this one. I don't remember. (laughs) We've been talking about podcast stuff. It's been three hours of us not not recording, but (laughs) talking. So that's how it is. All right. Well, next up we have the Dream Crusher Double IPA, and this is from. Deep Ellum Brewing Company, and this is 8.5% ABV. Uh, this is just a double IPA. Nothing fancy, nothing schmancy. Brewed in Dallas, Texas. Paul, uh, yep. get your pen out. Mm-hmm. Uh, zip code 75226. 75226. All yep. of these are coming from the uh, Dallas, Texas area. I try to get the like tri county area, just like okay. yeah. triangulate it in the uh, Baden board cast. Which sounds like it's from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've taken a sip of this, so John, I'm going to ask you to vamp for a second while Paul's computing results. Uh, what I thought was funny is this is a double IPA, it is 8.5%. And the Mosaic IPA that we drank that was just listed as a regular IPA is 8.6. Hmm. Um, this is a nice, big, bold-flavored, piney yeah. IPA. This is the resiny, piney kind of IPA, but it is delicious. It's, it's not Sierra Nevada level. It's though. not, yeah, it's, it's not blowing out your taste buds, yeah. but it is good and rich and deep in flavor. Uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable drinking piney IPA, and it's not like a dry your tongue out, um, but you get that deep resin. You know what? Good on you, Texas. You you keep on being the Lone Star State if you're going to loan up and uh, 
deliver us this I, great beer. I, the um, the uh, Rao and Sons beer that you and I drank um, <laughs> like a month ago was like a it was a one off specialty one. It was like their anniversary kind of ale. Wasn't exactly what we. I mean, it delivered on what it said it was. Isn't something that we are actively trying to drink. Um, the blood and orange, mm-hmm. you know, take it or eh, leave it. Yeah, you know, unfiltered wheat. But I have to say, I, I, I took it. I liked it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the temptress are the mosaic for you and me, and this dream crusher are all great. Like mm-hmm. I rated them all like four stars, and the dream crusher. Three point seven five, you know, like it just was like the other two. I would actively try mm-hmm. to get again. Dream Crusher, if I ever saw it again, oh, I would I would buy it. I would it's, drink it's it right away. Buy. I would grade. A, I'd get a six pack of it, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't be something that I'd be like, Ooh, roll my sleeves up, search the internet, try to find a way to get. Yeah, it. I want it. I wouldn't trade yeah. away a really a beer that I really loved in order to get this beer. But no, I, I agree. If Dream Crusher was on tap somewhere that I went, mm-hmm. and they didn't have another IPA or double IPA, this would be something I'd be like, yeah, Dream Crusher. Mm-hmm. I, I can't put it over any of my other go tos though. But if I had a lick here in Monster and somebody wanted to trade me, it, we were in like a parking lot waiting for a beer release. <laughs> yeah, you know that I would do this. I would do that trade. Yeah. If yeah, I had oh, yeah. to then send away for it, though, like send them the beer and then get a, a beer back, and uh, you know, too much hassle. I I just keep my Lake Erie Monster and be happy. Caitlin got really excited because we were at Premiere last night mm-hmm. and they had a Lake Erie Monster. And she's like, oh, she grabbed it and I was like, it's not going to be good. I was like, it's been, it's too old. That's what I told her. And she looked at me and she had these sad puppy dog eyes and she was like, oh, you didn't make it that old. I know. Time did. Time did. She had her time to buy as much as is and drink mm-hmm. as much as she wanted. Somebody's watching her figure, though. You got you got Dream. next year. <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. Hey, no next. dream dream crusher, solid yeah. offering. Uh, yeah. It, What's I, great is it's in can, which I think help say you know this is really good beer. And we're saying all this stuff about Lake Harry Monster being past its prime because it came out in April, <laughs> and. uh Man, you know, can it up, man. Like, if cans can provide me a, a solid beer every time I go buy it, like exactly what I remember it as, then, man, give it to me in a can each and every time. Yeah, and I, I do like seeing more and more people are canning. And, I mean, these these survived being shipped to us, and then uh, Chris's, I brought, I brought mine down in my suitcase, like... Everything survived the travel, which was great, and um, I'm glad we – basically all of them we kind of feel the exact same way mm-hmm. about. But, yeah, it. thank you very much, uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan. Um, thank you. That, yeah, all yeah. of them. Really great. That's, that's honestly something I was worried about just because this is something that's been shipped and then brought down to me via, like, airline. Yeah. So – I, I wasn't sure what I was going to be getting because it was probably room temperature, really warm, really cold, room temperature, yeah. really warm, really cold, room temperature, and then I put it in my refrigerator to 
like cool down before I drank it. But I, I, I didn't feel like I had a beer, uh, bad beer tonight. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, what I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling like Dick Grayson's first uh, exposure to fear toxin. You got mothered. Uh, I feel like. I, I, I'm just an imposter here. I, I cannot deliver the amount of enjoyment that these beers have delivered to me in this episode. And I have to get back to reviewing these comic books in order to at least attempt to be good enough to to deserve these beers. I'm going to let you do all of that and then go power ranking. On the beer? On the beer. Ooh. Uh, mm. That is definitely Mosaic number one. Uh, the Temptress number two. Dreamcrusher 3, Revolver, Distant Fourth. I agree. It's like the top three are Kenyans in, in a, like a marathon, and then the Revolver is just a overweight uh, American. It's like, wait, I can run a marathon. You've never gotten off the couch in three weeks. What makes you think I can? you can run a marathon? I can walk most of it, right? Right, exactly. I got rollerblades. Yeah, I feel like mine's like the turkey trot. <laughs> I would, yeah, I wouldn't put it that far, but it wasn't. It, I mean, I w- wouldn't say it directly lived up to the flavors that it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think it's a, a unfiltered wheat beer. The flavors are there's a hint of them there. Uh, unfiltered wheat beer already is. It starts off like way behind. Like it's it's already shot itself it's, in the kneecap. It, yeah, it's not a beer that we go crazy about, but it's definitely um, if it's you, running with an ingrown if toenail. If you remember, this <laughs> uh, Jonathan was drinking this when we had him on the show, and we all said, "Oh, that sounds really great." And, yeah, and he sent us he sent us two of them, which was mm-hmm. everything that he sent yeah. was great and mm-hmm. gracious and nice. Um, but yeah, these other ones just, I mean, they popped because I mean they're. They popped. I mean, they're they're a, big a milk stout. Yeah, you know, an almost ten percent milk stout. Two big IPAs. They had the alcohol to carry them through. And uh, I mean, well, it's seven percent on that mm-hmm. unfiltered wheat too. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, I would I would give it the same order, Chris. Um, I I didn't have the mosaic, so yeah, but you're gonna put your your Belgian IPA in. I will put my Belgian IPA in. Uh, Temptress, easily number one. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Dream Crusher, just because this is a beer that I would drink if I saw it out somewhere. Hmm. Uh, if I went to the bar. Uh, after that, I'd go Blood and Honey. Okay. Just I. I think you got more of the uh, citrus than we did. I I, I think I did, but also I had it a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that might have leveled it out a little bit. Um, but that great front porch beer, i that's a front porch beer that I would buy again. Not just something that I would pick up in the six-pack and be like, oh, yeah, I liked it. Great for a front porch. That's something that if I saw it on a shelf, I'd be like, that's my front porch beer. Um, mm-hmm. Hop Trap, at the end, not because I didn't like it. Uh, no slight to Hop Trap at all, but... I it just wouldn't be my go-to, I guess. All right, your go-to Robbins. <laughs> oh, my go-to. So, um, before we go, uh, that uh, Batman and Robin mm-hmm. Eternal. 
Something to pick up? I think so. It Well, don't pick it up if you're a Batman fan. Pick it up if you're a Robin fan. Okay, yeah. You know, it's a, it's definitely the everybody else book of the Batman books right now. You, because you even have the Robins from We Are Robin showing up. Yeah. Like, it's, hey, where are they now of the Robin book? Um, and, I, like... I was I was so happy to see uh, Batwoman or Batgirl show up, um, yeah. but I also felt like I was waiting for her to show up, and then when she showed up, I was like, "She doesn't fit in this book." You don't fit in this book. This is a no girls allowed okay. kind of. Well, no, it's it's. it's but uh, I like that the artwork reflected Batgirl though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but it, it became a little bit softer. It wasn't as. Not that there's been like a style because we've had. Four issues with different pencils on each one, but when you see Batgirl, it's a little bit more in tune with what they've had happen in Batgirl. Chris, have you kept up on We Are Robins? I haven't, uh, but that's also just because I've fallen off of a lot of books. Not because I didn't like them, but just because of monetary reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and that's like yeah. I was just because I was hoping that you had just so I could get more information about. about What's going on in those books? No, um, kind of when we were talking off mic before about just our wish list and books that we have on them, I'm pretty sure I have We Are Robins like two, three, and four on there just to pick up whenever they're like a dollar ninety nine because Comicsology is running a sale on it. I wish this book was called Robin Eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Robin and Batman Eternal. That that would be better because this is a book that's not going to focus at all about Batman except for in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I I feel that the Robins of our Robins universe deserve the respect to being a this is this is all about Robins. Mm-hmm. They they even pitched it as a Robins book. So get that fucking Batman out of the title. Yeah. Uh, and. and- I'm. I love seeing Harper Row Bluebird in this book. Um, she was kind of that character that when she popped up in Scott Snyder's Batman, it was like, "Whoa, is this going to be the next Robin?" First drawn by Becky Cloonan. You, and you love her. Oh yeah, I do. You see, she's going to be doing Punisher. Listen to uh, the Boston Comic Con special about that. Yeah. Um, and then she kind of faded away, but then she definitely came back over in Batman Eternal and then really hasn't appeared since then but this is a character I like to see and I I don't know if it's just that punk rock aesthetic but I love Harper Row and I think she fits well alongside someone like Stephanie Brown just kind of those uh, characters that are on the edge they're like in the periphery of the Batman family mm-hmm. but they've They've done the legwork. Like they can stand alongside, you know, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd, but they're just not there yet. Somebody's got to be catching those thugs on the street while Batman's battling Darkseid. Yeah. yeah, and it, they're the characters that will do it. Yeah, it, and, and it's and it, it's like Bluebird is the protector of her block, mm-hmm. you know, and then Stephanie's the protector of that like sidewalk just right in front of her apartment building. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, both of those characters, and I feel like because we have uh, Blue Jay 
the spoiler is extra kitty. And it's like the blue jay is what the spoiler was. Bluebird? Bluebird, I'm sorry. Was the what the spoiler was in Tim Drake's Robin series. No, and now I, we I, have I acquiesce. And and then we have like the comedy punchline to Blue Jay. Where then Bluebird. The Bluebird or Bluebird is the comedy <laughs> punchline to Tim Drake Robin. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just seems like it, it just trickles down just a little yeah. too much and Stephanie Brown is a little too comic reliefy. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's my problem? Yeah, I, I Kiss me like sexy Stephanie Batman. Brown we're getting is that kind of established stuff from something like the Batgirl book, except she hasn't been Batgirl yet. Yeah. But it's like taking and drawing off of what fans liked about her and just reconfiguring it into like the current new 52 Batman. Yeah. And then even someone like, like Cassandra Kane, you might say like, Oh, she's not really a character, but that's who Cassie Kane was for the first Mm-hmm. Like three, four years of her appearances over in Batman, like well, it that's... was just that, um, like silent warrior type character, and and that's kind of my problem with the new Fifty Two on a whole. Whereas some of these characters, I felt like we finally got past that, just that introduction with, and now we're to develop them into their own full character, and now we're right back to that. Oh, let's reset. Well, so now yeah. Stephanie Brown doesn't have that experience to wisen up and become Batgirl. She's the comic relief. Cassie Kane isn't as cool as she used to be. She's now just the silent assassin kind of killer. And it's, it takes it takes yeah. Scott Snyder doing a weekly book to reintroduce these characters well, that are fan favorites. Well, the thing is, it's weekly. So in three months, I get a full year's worth of comics. So I get four I get four years worth of these characters to get them up to back where they used to be pre fifty two. You know? Well yeah, but I I mean Stephanie Brown is still I Stephanie Brown in Batman Eternal had her shit a little bit more together right. than the Stephanie Brown I feel mm-hmm. in We Are or We Are Robins. We are Batman and Robin Eternal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I I still like I like she's got a role in this. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that she's back because after Batman Eternal, we haven't really seen Blue Jay, Bluebird, 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 <laughs> Bluebird or or Stephanie Brown. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taken this long for these characters to reemerge, and uh, I'm 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 glad I'm glad they got a place. I'm glad that this book exists. Um, and we haven't really talked about it, but what we're looking at is the main villain of this book is gonna, is this mother character who Batman may have had dealings with to maybe create the Robins, create all his different Robins, or he was fine controlled into it, or who, yeah, there was a, another he a person dresses Batman doing it. He definitely he knows. knows some part of this because he, but gives, he doesn't because Bruce Wayne remembers nothing. But Batman was but still the Batman asking. That, but the Batman that was, Batman was there. the Batman that was on that disc that or that thumb you know that jump drive 
that was given to Dick knew mm-hmm. that somehow he fucked up and here's information that you need to have, which is just a little breadcrumb mm-hmm. to get to the end. Uh, and then you have a character like the orphan who Paul mentioned just briefly, but he's a character who's got a gas mask on his face and he's just taking hits and living off of fear toxin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his former partner was Cassandra Kane. Yeah. So, so uh, definitely, I mean, there's so much stuff like going on in this, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad that we kind of took a whole episode to talk about it and then talk about beer in the middle of it. <laughs> but I'm glad that all of this stuff is coming together because it's all stuff, and I think everyone who is a fan of the Bat Family pre-52 would love what's going on in this yeah. book. Completely agree. Yeah. No, and as someone that en- like enjoyed uh, Batman Eternal, because it was focusing on the whole Bat Family, like, new 52-wise, this is that for the pre-52, and it's just kind of that catching you up to speed part and introducing you to the new, because I, I think this works a little bit better than Eternal. I kind of talked about that a little bit before, but I don't know if it's just like a Chris thing where it's like I love all of these characters, I like seeing them again. But I'm 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 digging this more than Batman Eternal. I'm digging it more than like this uh, solo Batman book. Uh, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that because I think the thing we loved the most out of Batman Eternal was seeing all those characters again and getting them in that family sense. We hadn't had that since like, you know, Batman number one, when Scott Snyder started with the new 52 and he had all his boys back together, you know? So I think it's definitely, it definitely has that. It has that feel of the people who love those characters pre 52. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad there. Everybody's everybody's back. Who else do you need back? I need Batman. <laughs> well, shut up. That's not a. That's not what I'm saying. I, I know. I'm just saying. Like, uh, it, it, it's such a great counterpoint to all these other like Robins or ex Robins or like ancillary characters. Like, it just it plays right. And I feel if you're you know, you know that you're going to be getting your Bruce Wayne Batman back. Well, where do you think you're going to get that Bruce Wayne Batman back in? Yeah, I think it's going to be in this uh, year-long series. I hope so. I just don't want to have to wait a whole year to get it. I don't think you're gonna. But it does, like... Batman Eternal was going on for so long, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, we only have, like four more issues left like yeah. it went by so quick so i don't know i'm i'm excited i'm excited for the series first five issues i mean i'm i'm hooked i'm so hooked for it agreed i i can't wait for the, like the next ones and i hate the fact that i haven't read the last two now yeah uh but we hate the fact that you haven't rated and reviewed us. 
So please head over to iTunes. Don't go anywhere else because nowhere else makes it easy for you to rate and review yeah, us. Yeah, fuck you, Stitcher. Uh, please do that. It not only does it help other people find the show, but it gives us a nice little boost. Also, like us over on our Facebook page. Uh, we've gotten a couple new likes over there. Thank you very much. Um, it helps us do this. We don't ask for anything. Jonathan Winchester was nice enough to say, hey, I like listening to you guys. Please let me send you some beer. Uh, and I'm creating a little pack of beer to send back to you, uh, Jonathan, trying to pick out some of our favorites of the area, um, like you did with your Texas beers here. Um, thank you very much. I've got to pick up some really good beer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. OMS just came out oh, from Hamburg, yeah. so kid. hopefully that's good in bottle. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're going to be getting some local flavor uh, sent back to you. Thank you very much. And I know you said we didn't have to do it, but we appreciate you mm-hmm. as much as you appreciated us. Uh, so thank you very much. Did I leave anything out? I wrapped that up like a pro, guys. Yeah, you, you did all the wrapping. You up. should be proud of me. I'm so proud of you, John. Guys, when I forget how to do things, we should just feed me lots of beer. <laughs> I remember <laughs> then. 